It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine, solo, solo, solo today. It's a Locked On Bengals throwback special for your 4th of July. So let's start there. Happy Independence Day. Hopefully you have had a great, great weekend and you're enjoying it with you and yours wherever you may be. And we certainly thank you for listening to Locked on Bengals. If you're new, welcome. Usually it's my co-host Jake Lisko and I. He's going to be solo this Wednesday as we uh, break it up here in our last, or one of our last, excuse me, three-week episodes before training camp starts later this month. So if you're clamoring for the five week or five days a week like we normally do, we will be back to that later this month. But with that said, a quick reminder to subscribe to the Locked on Bengals podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether that's iTunes, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and more. So let's dive on in. What we're going to do today is basically have an extended mailbag because we had that really cool, fun, unique mailbag at the end of last week where we got to talk to Adam and AC Wheels 10 on Twitter, and it was a lot of fun. And then after that... We answered some of Paul Daner Jr.'s questions for you from The Athletic and then got to some questions. Well, that's just not enough. I want to talk to you and I want to answer a lot of your questions. And we had a bunch of replies at Locked on Bengals on Twitter. So that's what we're going to do today. An extended mailbag for the 4th of July. So buckle up. And if you want to get your questions in for our next mailbag, all you got to do is follow at Locked on Bengals on Twitter and we'll send out the tweet for you there. So let's dive on in and start with Sean Moore at Who Day Baby, who he's certainly been hitting the built bars. I saw a picture of my man. I think he was doing deadlifts last week. And uh, yeah, he's been on that built bar plan. Sean's question has to do with the wide receivers. He said, quote, I've seen multiple reports saying that Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Joe Mixon will all have over 1,000 yards Do you think this is a realistic possibility? If not, what do you think the total yards for each will be this season? Sean, I think it is a realistic possibility if you think the Bengals' offense is going to be as explosive as I do. I think the Bengals' offense should be one of the best offenses in the NFL. It should arguably be the best offense in the AFC North. And that, to me should be realistic when you spend the number one overall pick in a draft on a quarterback, and then you follow that up 32 picks later and you take a wide receiver. You have a second-round running back in Joe Mixon that you're paying $48 million to, or at least signed to a $48 million contract. You have a guy in Tyler Boyd who's been an absolute steal in the second round, and then you all the way tripled down and you went with uh, the fifth pick and used it on a guy like Jamar Chase who – could end up being just such a a great, great, great player. So I think it is 
realistic, I don't think it's likely. And there are a ton of factors why. So it's realistic if all these guys play 17 games because, let's be honest, the, the extra game helps. Um, you're talking about just under 60 yards per game. I know Mixon can do that. He's done it twice in the past three years. I know Boyd can do that. He's done that twice in the past three years. Higgins almost did it last year with 908 yards. And if Burrow doesn't get hurt, I'm confident in saying that he would have done it. And hell, Jamar Chase might be the best and most talented of all those guys, including Joe Mixon, right? Who, as of now, I think would be number one in that department. So that could happen. But again, the offense has to be great, not good. Great, if you're going to have those type of numbers. And then all those guys have to stay healthy. And I think that's kind of where I get concerned. Because look, it doesn't mean that I expect one of these guys to have a long-term significant injury that's going to cost them the season. But like last year, Tyler Boyd certainly was going to finish with a 1,000 yards. Then Burrow goes down, and then Boyd goes down. The last couple of games misses all of the, the Pittsburgh game, essentially. And and then part of the or, or and then all of the Texans game and then he comes back for the Ravens and it's a complete utter blowout and he never has a shot at getting that thousand yards for a third straight season which I think he would have done had he not gotten hurt against Pittsburgh or at least would have been damn close right and would have probably topped the nine hundred yard mark that's the the needle that needs to be thread if they're going to hit it so I think they can I think it's realistic I would not bet on it being likely. And so if I had to throw out some betonline.ag odds, and I don't think that this is uh, a prop right now, but 4,000-yard players, I would say that it would be plus 450. I mean, I think you'd make some good coin if that paid off just because of all the factors that go into it. They may all be talented enough, and the offense might actually be good enough, especially with Burrow. But is everybody going to stay healthy? Are things going to bounce right? It's just there's a, a lot... Uh, of things there. And, and, and I think another key, Sean, and this is not, I just called you key, Sean, get it? Another key, Sean, that uh, is going to play a big factor is going to be, can this team get off to a good start early? Because if they're reeling, if we're talking about, you know, the same conversation we had in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 last season, where they're two and four, two and five, two and six, well, the second half of that schedule is pretty tough. So that's, uh, that is that. It would be so much fun if that's the case because I think the Bengals would be damn good. Let's uh, do one more before we hit the break, and we're going to get to a ton of these today. Brian. And my man Brian has some good, good, good questions. Brian, I still need you to cook for us here on Locked On Bengals. Anyways, he says, I may have asked this before, but what's more likely? You scoring a rushing touchdown from inside the five, catching a uh, pass touchdown, having a receiving touchdown essentially from inside the 10, or are you getting a sack during an entire game? Now, we all heard your draft profiles, and he started laughing. And uh, the fun part about this is there's a back and forth with him and uh, a guy named Troy Davis. And he says, uh, Brian says, I'm not sure James or Jake could run down any quarterback. Even old Tom Brady is outrunning us regular folks. First off, Brian, I'll be damned. And I'm the biggest Tom Brady fan on the planet outside of maybe Giselle. And even then, I think I might be bigger. I'll be damned if Tom Brady's going to beat me in a 40-yard dash. So you heard that for here first, Brian. Ain't no damn way. I'll say it again. Ain't no damn way that Tom Brady's beating me in a 40-yard dash. So you, sir, better relax. In 10 years, maybe he will. Today, no chance and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if we're running on sand, if he's got his Tom Brady bands, it don't matter what's going on. 
I plan on winning that and running a sub five. So there you go. He was over a five. I'm a sub five. I, I think I still am. I was in the eighth grade. I think I could still pull that off. It's been a while since I ran the 40. I'm still fast though, Brian. Uh, the most likely thing would be me catching a pass from inside the 10. It's one of those where I'd go unguarded. I'd be one of the eligible linemen, essentially, right? Lining up on the line. And I just run out there and I'm just wide open. That's it. That, that's the path. Because I'm not running a path, <laughs> running a, a, a touchdown in. And the hard part, and this is really hard, sacking the quarterback is tough. Because even if you get there, then I got to take him down. And that would be the hard part. Me outrunning Tom Brady straight line, I'll do that all day. But his subtle pocket movements, his ability to move up, move back, all that is second to none. And it's not just him, any quarterback, right? I don't care if it's Brandon Allen. He's going to be hard to sack. And then here's the thing. You got to bring him down. Like, I'm littler than the smallest quarterback in the league. Like, I'm Kyler Murray's height. I'm 5'9". And while I I feel like I'm in pretty decent shape, and here's your point, NFL players are in amazing shape, and they're hard to tackle, and they're hard to bring down. And so, of the three, it would be an uncovered, lucky, oh my gosh, the ball's in the air, and then I'd stop to catch it. There'd be a lot of pressure there. I'd have to get some of those Odell Beckham Jr. one-handed sticky gloves to make sure that that uh, went my way. Because could you imagine dropping a wide-open pass? in the end zone i couldn't like that like in that situation where you're only going to get one shot at it that would be uh that would be rough and certainly not something i would want we're going to keep things rolling get back to to some bengal stuff and not me as a special edition of the mailbag a july 4th independence day edition continues on Locked on Bengals, but Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. So maybe you do think Joe Burrow is going to have three 1,000-yard receivers this year, and if you do, then you should probably bet on Joe Burrow being the comeback player of the year. Or maybe you think it's time for Joe Mixon to top the 1,500-yard rushing mark for the first time in his career. Again, comeback player of the year. Those odds are at betonline.ag. They got you covered for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, NHL, UFC, MMA, all of it in one spot. So get off the sidelines, get in on the action, and go to betonline.ag. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. It's that simple. Betonline.ag, promo code locked on, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The mailbag rolls on with Zach Jerger. I got your name right, Zach. I went uh, back and forth with him on Twitter a little bit earlier this week. At Cincy CB, I guess it was last week now, but Zach says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that Trey Waynes will play up to his contract as a cornerback one this season did you like the signing when it was made? How do you like it now? All right, well, l- let's start with, did I like it at the time? Yes, I liked it at the time because they were spending money. <laughs> Not because I loved the player. It felt like a lot at the time, uh, paying Trey Waynes $14 million essentially over the three seasons. I mean, three years, $42 million. 
It's just a lot. But again, activity is better than sitting on your hands. So I liked it from that perspective. Uh, as far as how do I think in my confidence in him, I think he's going to be good this year. Not great. I actually don't think he's a cornerback one. I don't really expect him to be a cornerback one. And I don't know if the Bengals have a cornerback one. I think it's just kind of like a, we're pretty good in the secondary. We have a bunch of cornerback twos and then a playmaker in the slot in Mike Hilton that hopefully he not only makes a bunch of tackles and these outside guys make tackles in the physical AFC North, but can make a couple plays on the ball. And so as far as Trey Waynes goes, I just need him not to get shredded, right? Not to get crushed downfield and get lost. Like Dre Kirkpatrick, for example, had some highs and lows. Peyton Manning pick six, huge interception. Also chasing opposing receivers and getting crushed downfield or the occasional awful pass interference penalty. The Bengals with Waynes, I think they just view him as we know what we're going to get. And we know what we're going to get from Shidobeo Wuzie. And, and the same thing with Hilton, where they're pretty good. They're not going to be pro bowlers, but they're pretty good. So how confident... Am I that Waynes is going to play up to his contract as a CB1? Not very. Maybe a 5 out of 10. But that isn't really my expectation for him, even though, to your point, Zach, he's being paid like it. So I get why you ask it that way. That's just not how I view him. And maybe he does have a awesome season. And, and that would be great for the Bengals' defense. I just don't see him being that kind of player. And it's no disrespect to him. The, the money was just... They overpaid, and you're going to have to overpay, by the way, when you have a head coach that's unproven and you're coming off of a 2-14 and 14 season and you need to add in free agency. You're just going to. It's just part of it. I mean, think about it. They didn't have Joe Burrow then. They were probably getting him. That's not enough to attract a free agent like Trey Wayne, who was probably getting $10, $11, 12000000 million offers elsewhere, and I'm just speculating. But if you're the Bengals and you want to get him here, you got to pay a little bit more to get him here. And as long as he plays well, as long as he's a – Higher end cornerback too, where when the ball is going in his direction, you're not like, ooh. Like if you're not making a Trey Wayne's face by midseason, then that means he's probably having a pretty good year. And that's good enough and kind of where my expectations are for Trey Wayne's. Up next, at Mr. Irish Red on Twitter, Mr. Nev asks, can linebacker play improve this year? And the answer is absolutely it can. And it should. It absolutely should. And here's why. Josh Bynes was getting so many snaps last year, and you drafted Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Marcus Bailey, and then going back a, a year, Jermaine Pratt, because you needed athleticism at the linebacker position. And so you especially need a guy like Logan Wilson, now that Josh Bynes is no longer here, to be that dude, to fill in, have the athleticism translate, to be able to lead that room and then you need Akeem Davis-Gaither to step up here because I think Jermaine Pratt, it's, it's very much a make-or-break type of year for him. Felt like he took a step back instead of a step forward in year two. So linebacker play can improve, and the big reason why I think is athleticism. I think they do have the athletes on that side or at that position um, in to, to have some success in today's NFL. That being said, they're young. Or in Logan Wilson's case, because he's 25 years old, inexperienced. Right, You come out of Wyoming, you're 24, and he did flash. And Akeem Davis-Gaither certainly did flash at times and left a couple interceptions out there. So I think between those two guys, they could take a step forward, and they're certainly athletic enough uh, to make a difference uh, at linebacker for the Bengals. Next question comes 
from Sergeant Who Day at Sarge Who Day on Twitter. What player in Bengals history had the biggest impact on you as a Bengals fan? And this is a great question, and this is such a a generational question. And the reason I say that is because, for example, last week when we had AC Wheels 10 on the podcast, he was like, oh, man, I, I remember the Chad years. He was young, right? But AJ for me. Because when he became this diehard Bengals fan, it was probably 2012 or 2013. And and at some point there when A.J. Green was just torching opposing defenses. And I'm in that same realm. It's just a decade earlier. It's it's obviously Chad Johnson. I remember this was probably like 02. And that's when I'm like, you know, 12 years old, 0203. The Bengals are bad. But Chad is just that it was his first, it was his breakout year and it was such a fun year and uh, he had I forget how many, over a thousand yards in 02. and then he does it again in 03. and and so by 04, I'm like all right this is my favorite player I can't wait to watch him and, and it was just so much fun and, and obviously they only went eight and eight in 04. but it was just. Couldn't get enough of Chad. I I remember Chad had Chad's corner on Fox 19 where he would talk after the game every Sunday and he would not, he wouldn't say much, right? If they won, he'd be like, well, hell yeah, we should put up 40 every week. I remember him saying that a couple of times. This is how it should be every week. And there, there were times where you'd have Chad's corner and, and he would be so bummed out that they lost. And, uh, and it was Something that I stayed up for every single time. And this is before DVRs. I didn't have no DVR or any way to record it. I guess I could have used a tape, a VCR, and done it that way. I did not. I stayed up and uh, every Sunday and watched that. That was probably at like 10.50 at night every single you know, every single week. And uh, yeah, everything he did. So that, that was it. It was Chad for me by far. And uh, so much so that like I watched Chad play for the Montreal Alouettes. Like it was like that, like in 2014, uh, I was excited for him when he signed there. I, I was so bummed when it didn't work out in New England for him. I loved, loved, loved watching him until the incident happened and he acted like an idiot and got himself in trouble with the Dolphins. And I was actually interning for Archal Hawkins that summer and uh, really for about a year and a half. It's kind of how I got my break into to, to radio producing and how things kind of started for me back in 2012 and Artrell and Andy Furman went down and broadcasted live their old show on Fox sports radio. They broadcasted live from hard knocks and Artrell came back and was like, dude, your boy, he still got it. And I was so damn excited to watch Chad, you know, go off essentially in Miami and and it didn't happen and it sucks. It didn't happen. And it's his fault, uh, obviously. But, um, that's uh, that's the guy that had the biggest impact on me by far. And real quick, and I'm going to write about this for all Bengals because there's a lot of talk about A.J. Green, and I'm going to get to more questions in just a second. But like A.J. Green, you know, Kyler Murray, Murray praised him earlier uh, this month, or what was it, last week? It was last week, I think, he praised him. And uh, the same thing for Cliff Kingsbury, and Arizona's just opening – uh, and welcoming him with open arms and DeAndre Hopkins thinks he's going to have a big year and all this stuff. And, and I was thinking about it in like, if AJ Green truly wants to be a Hall of Famer, he's got to do what Chad didn't do, which is have a career post Cincinnati. 
Like if AJ Green plays for another five years and has another 800 yards a year, and you're talking about a guy who's basically at 13,000 yards and, and can be this like touchdown centric type dude where he's getting eight touchdowns a year and is on these good teams and helps Arizona make a deep playoff run. Like who knows? We might be able to you know say that this guy could get into the Hall of Fame. And instead, like with Chad, like he was a no doubt Hall of Famer, right? After like the 07 season, but he fell off. 08, Palmer got hurt. Then Chad got dinged up. And then 09 was his last thousand yard year. And that's it. He's done. I mean, you had the T.O. Ocho year and then he couldn't cut it in New England, goes to Miami and that's it. It's over. And so if A.J. Green can carve a little niche here and show that he can be a two and just do it, extend his career by four years, especially with the 17 game season. And I get it. He's got to stay healthy and all that stuff. That's what you're going to have to do if you want to get there. Chad never got there because he didn't get the Super Bowl in New England, wasn't productive in New England. I mean, if he had gotten the Super Bowl in New England and then went to Miami for three years and been productive, he'd, have, he'd probably be in Canton right now or close to it. Instead, outside looking in. We'll get to more of your questions next here on Locked on Bengals. You know, last week I reached a personal best on the bench press despite being a month away from turning. Literally today, uh, July 5th, Uh, A month from now, I will turn 30. So a personal PR on the bench press because I think partially at least because one hard work, of course, but built bars, built bars have helped me so damn much because it's quick. It's easy. They're protein packed. They taste great. And they cut out all the bad stuff. They're low in sugar. They're low in calories, but I'm not sacrificing the protein and I'm on the go, right? I'm on the go. You're on the go. We're all on the go. We're all busy. Well, they help me make sure that I'm getting the protein intake I need, whether it's post-workout, whether it's a midday snack, heck, whether it's a, oh man, I want some ice cream after dinner, but instead I grab a Built Bar. You can check them out and you should check them out at BuiltBar.com. They have nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. And best of all, you're going to save a little bit of coin right now just because you're listening to this podcast. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. But as much as I love working out and I love getting to the gym, you know what I don't want to do? Run miles and miles and miles down the highway. It's about a 15-minute drive to go to, to the gym daily. And that's why I use RockAuto.com because I need reliable transportation. Every time... I need that car to start. I want it to start. It's got to start. And the way you stay on the road and you keep your car in good shape for less is by going to rockauto.com. It could be something as simple as wiper blades. It could be something as simple as windshield washer fluid. Or if you want to do some heavier duty stuff, whether you're working on brakes or tail lamps or motor oil or just filters, maybe you're doing a fuel pump. They're going to have it at rockauto.com. It doesn't matter what you're looking for, and it doesn't matter the make or model of your car, whether you drive a Chevy Corvette Corvette or a Toyota Corolla like me. So check them out right now at rockauto.com. And when you're there looking at all the parts they have, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. An Independence Day edition of the mailbag rolls on. And our next question comes from Johnny Bangle at JohnnyNix88 on Twitter. Do you foresee the teams in the near future switching to be more run heavy since defenses are now built to stop the pass? 
lighter linebacker, smaller, faster defensive ends. Johnny, it's an interesting concept, and I, I do think that you're going to see some of that, but it takes a special running back, special offense or players to do so. Like the Ravens are a run first team. There's no doubt, right? It's just, it's in their blood, but that has a lot to do with Lamar Jackson being the best athlete that steps on most football fields. The Titans, same thing, but that's because Derrick Henry is just a monster and a pain in the ass to tackle. And so you can do that. Like, for example, if I'm the Browns, even with Odell Beckham Jr., and I know some people love Baker, some hate him, Regardless of that, if I have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I'm giving those guys a ton of touches. And that could mean throwing the ball to Hunt. But I'm going to be running back centric and run the offense through those two running backs. I don't care what the data says all the time. And hell, Jake might kill me for this. But when you have two guys like that, like those two guys are awesome. Like Kareem Hunt is an elite back. I I take the out of off the field stuff from a Running back standpoint, talent-wise, he's an elite running back in this NFL, uh, in, in today's NFL, easily a top 10 guy for my money. And, and Nick Chubb's better than him as well. So yes, I think teams will, but it's going to take certain coach, a certain personnel. And I just don't think you're going to zig when people are zagging just to do that without having those guys in place. So for example, the Bengals, yeah, they got one guy in Mixon. But he's a lot like Hunt in that he can catch out of the backfield, and he's a good route runner, and hopefully he's improved as a a pass blocker. And you also have a three-headed monster at receiver and a guy at at quarterback that I think the Bengals are more confident in in Joe Burrow than the Browns are in Baker Mayfield. Maybe I'm crazy there. I don't know, but I I think that's fair. I'm not saying who's better, who's not better, even though I I think Burrow's the better player. But you get my point. Um, So you're going to throw it more is, is, is what it comes down to. But yeah, I do think that there are going to be some teams, and you're already seeing that a bit, where they're going to run it a little bit more. Next question comes from Kyle Cook, at KyleCool9 on Twitter. What happens if Joe Burrow doesn't take a leap this year, and at the end of the year is viewed as the 15th or 20th best or somewhere in that range quarterback in the NFL? Woo. Well, let's start with this. If that happens, well, then you look at the head coach, who's 625-1, and because if Joe Burrow doesn't take a leap, and he's considered the 15th to 20th best quarterback in the NFL, I'd be shocked if the Bengals had a winning record. And in fact, if that's the case, especially if it's like 20th, you're probably talking about them having a four-win team or, or lower, right? Picking in the top 10 again for, for another year, which, good God, you, you hope that's not the case, right, in 2022. So I think that'd be the first thing. I mean, you have an offensive-minded head coach. Why isn't it working? He's probably out. Now, if on the off chance, Burrow struggles some, but the Bengals win games, what does it mean for Burrow? And I, I think that's kind of what you're getting at, right? Let's say they win eight games, so Zach's fine. But Burrow's like, ah, what, what's up with him? I think one, you would say, and you could already hear it, right? Well, he's coming off the knee injury. There's got to be a couple things that that they can fix offensively, probably offensive line. Maybe they need to do um, what we were talking about just a second ago, right? Commit to the run a little bit more. So I think there are factors that go into that. Uh, as to why, and that would be the offseason. It wouldn't be, let's give up on Joe Burrow, but it would be, all right, how do we put him in a position to succeed and fulfill his potential? Because clearly the buttons we've pushed have not been the right buttons. And that could mean coach. That could mean, um, you know, anything in, in that possibility, right? From a personnel standpoint, especially 
offensive line wise, because from a skill player perspective, I, there's not much you can do, right? Unless uh, it just doesn't work with one of these guys, but it works with Boyd. It works with Higgins. And obviously it worked with Chase at LSU. So there's no reason why that part wouldn't work. Last question for today's mailbag comes from Mac Johnson, Mac underscore underscore Johnson on Twitter. What impact do you think the ring of honor will have on current players? I think it's going to give them a sense of pride. I think it's going to instill in them that even though they've had five straight losing seasons, especially the rookies, right? Like if you're throw a rookie out there, you know, not named Jackson Carmen because he grew up here, but any of them if from Jamar Chase to Evan McPherson, Wyatt Hubert, it doesn't matter, right? You look and you're like, man, Throughout my college career, this Bengals team hasn't had a winning season. And so it'll help the current players have a not only respect for the Bengals' past and history, but it'll help educate them about it. And that's the part. Like, everyone knows Chad Johnson. Are we sure, like, absolutely sure that, you know, uh, Deontay Smith knows who Willie Anderson is? Like, why the hell would he? And that's no disrespect to Willie Anderson, but like linemen aren't publicized and aren't this big, you know, it's, it's just tough. So I, I think that part of it is going to be really, really cool. Like people have heard of Anthony Munoz, but go beyond that. Like there's no way Chidobe Awuzie had any idea who Ken Riley was until he got with to Cincinnati. And I'm not trying to be mean, but the education part of it is so huge. Celebrate your past. Pay homage to it because when you're honoring your past, guess what? People are going to look at that and they're going to learn from it, especially your own players. So I think that's the real cool part about it is when you feel a part of something that way and, you know, you can talk to people all the time in, in certain workplaces, the camaraderie, where they're at versus where you're at or vice versa. And it's like, oh, your workplace they give you coupons for for ham during the holidays. Oh, you guys, you guys get bonuses for Christmas. Oh my goodness, this and it's and it's not just money, right? Oh, you guys are going out for a a group outing. You do that once a quarter. Things like that matter, and those team building type things, and that's almost a a family organizational type building thing where you have these you know, ghosts of the past and legends of the past and players of the past that the current guys can not only talk to, but learn about. And and then they may go home and Google them and learn more about them or exchange numbers. And suddenly they have a tie there and a connection. And that connection is the Bengals. So that, that really does matter. It does. Ask someone who's retired that retired and like really was proud of what they did and proud of the people they worked with. You can see it in their eyes. Versus, and I'm not just talking about the NFL and sports. I'm talking about in general. Versus the person who retired like, thank God I got the hell out of there. You know? And, and it, it, neither one is wrong. But I think the organization is going to benefit from that. And, and that's how I think that the current players will benefit in, in the impact. The, the pride that Bengals players take in playing and putting on the stripes. I think that's going to be amplified a bit. That's going to do it for today's show. Jake Lisko is solo 
later this week. And uh, actually, I think he might have a guest. I think he might have a really, really good guest, by the way. But I, by, by solo, I mean he's going to be without me. But that's all right because you got plenty of me today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And until next time, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.